name on the front is a hell of a lot more important than the one in the back. Hello, everybody. You're listening to the Good Day for a Movie Podcast. I'm Jacob. Joined alongside me, as always, Tate and Sage. What's up? That's us. <laughs> that it is. Uh-huh. <laughs> Sage, how were your 36 hours in Colorado? Pretty wicked. I'm still trying to catch up on sleep. You did um, karaoke. <laughs> Sage did Paramore. I karaokeed hard. I did Paramore and the Backstreet Boys. <laughs> he did a duet with Hanley, Backstreet Boys. That's crazy. Yeah. It was awesome. They, yeah, and they like we were we started out by doing high stakes like pool. So like we were playing pool. Losers had to flip a coin or whatever to go decide who did it. Um, Hanley and Seth were the first ones that lost, so they had to go do it based on. But they just volunteered himself. No, no. Then Allie and I lost, and Allie and I flipped a coin to decide oh. who was going to go, and I lost. And I put my name in, and they called me before Seth. And it turns out Seth didn't put his oh, name that's in. Right. What a yeah. What so a I know what a bitch. And so I <laughs> sang Paramore before he went up. I was pissed. But then you volunteered for the second round where you went up again. Oh yeah. Well, Hanley Hanley was so down to do a duet, and I was like, let's fucking do the Backstreet Boys, bro. Long story so, short, Sage was addicted to karaoke. He didn't want to. It was pretty pry him off the stage. I did it for the first time. Um, I well, I, it's funny because I did the I did a duet the backside to the same song duet Backstreet Boys with my friend Hoon out here, who's from South Korea, and of course they love karaoke. And I was like, I've never done karaoke before, and he was like, it's so easy, everyone does it. it, it <laughs> yeah, this just, guy doesn't exist. No, it's hilarious. Yeah, he was he's like super chill, laid back, and anyways. So then we did, it and I was like, oh yeah, actually, it wasn't that bad. And then it was kind of funny. It was, I swear, my new belief is that there's no such thing as coincidence as tate i was just telling seth about that and i was like yeah karaoke is actually pretty fun like uh it'd be funny if we did it sometime 15 minutes later like and it's karaoke night at this bar and we were like what the fuck <laughs> so it just ended up being that way but kind of crazy Sage had fun. a couple of girls cheering him on too yeah they were they like were... Woo, Sage, woo. yeah wow Tate, have you ever done karaoke? Uh, one time when I lost a bet and I did Eminem, uh, like without you or something like that. I don't know. I, it was some Eminem and it was terribly hard. I regret choosing Eminem, but yeah, that's a. I also, you will never catch me doing karaoke unless I lose a bet. Yeah, Tate was being a mega bitch. I will you, never. Sage do is it. right. It's fun. It. Yeah. I. Uh, I did it in Milwaukee, the night before the wedding that I was at. The thing that clicked. Josh Turner. No. What? <laughs> the thing that clicked for me is that no one gives a shit. Like the second, like you watch someone mm-hmm. just do terrible for three minutes, and you're like, "Oh, that was funny." You forget that ever happened. Mm-hmm. Like ten minutes later, I was like, "Wow, I could literally butcher Paramore for like four minutes." Everyone will have forgot that I butchered Paramore like fifteen minutes later. It yeah. really doesn't matter. No, yeah. Garth Brooks. 
Nice. But not Friends in Low Places. Mm. That summer. I went to work for her that summer. A teenage kid so far from home. We get a lot of Jacob karaoke on this podcast. That's true. She we was a, a lonely widow woman. Hell bent to make it on her own. Speaking of, con- speaking of country, but not related to country. We're a thousand miles from nowhere. He's looking at the lyrics right now. I can see him. Mm-hmm. As far as I could see. Speaking of country, but not related to country. I just finished rewatching the first season of True Detective last night. Holy shit, that show's good. Never Other True Detectives, that. terrible. Never that single it. season is so fucked. I forgot, like, I thought I remember the whole show. I forgot, like, half of it. It's the best and season of television ever. That, that I forgot the last two episodes completely, and I was like, oh my no god. No spoilers, I haven't seen it. Jacob, it's the best single season of television ever made. That's what I've heard. Guaranteed. So good. No doubt. Like, not even a hint of doubt in my mind. Matthew McConaughey is goaded. Yeah, and Woody. I mean, Woody for sure, but Matthew McConaughey is more goaded. Yeah. All right, but we're here, and we're not here to talk karaoke or, or True Detective. We're here to talk no Those moment. hands of leather turned to velvet in a touch. You're right. We have an Oscar movie to review. Unfortunately. Yes. Tate? Nimona. Nimona, baby. Nimonia. Streaming on Netflix. Came out last year, obviously. When a knight in a futuristic medieval world is framed for a crime he didn't commit, the only one who can help him prove his innocence is Nimona, a mischievous teen who happens to be a shape-shifting creature he's sworn to destroy. Just a crazy synopsis all over the place. Knights, mm-hmm. futuristic, shapeshifter, crazy. But the animation um, looks pretty cool. So that's the, I mean, I, yeah, I picked this because I was pretty determined to pick an animated film. I think I said it previously. Um, and really wanted to choose Robot Dreams. Sad that that's just purely unavailable for not available. God knows how long. Um, that and Godzilla minus one, I need to become available at home. Don't know about the second one, but yeah, I need Robot Dreams in my life. Um, yeah, that was the only reason I picked it. I mean, uh, what's her name? Chloe Grace Moretz is the is yeah. Nimona, and Riz Ahmed is Ballister Boldheart. Yep. Yeah. I really couldn't pick up any other voice no. in this. Yeah. No. RuPaul's in it for like 90 yeah. seconds. That's right. You did say that last time. Yeah. I totally forgot that until just yeah. now. Yeah. Credited yeah. as Ru, RuPaul Charles. I don't, I don't know. know. I don't have anything else to add to that, but. I was like, huh. I don't know anything about RuPaul, so. I don't either. I didn't know anything about this movie, period. Yeah. I didn't look at the cast or the synopsis or anything. I just yeah, dove I, right into it. Oh, I yeah, and Sage it. watched this oh, way wow. before. Oh, yeah, I watched it. I, I had to remember what we were reviewing, because I, <laughs> I think I watched it. When did you even say that it was, was your pick? Probably two or three weeks ago. Then I watched it two or three, because I watched it either that night or the next night. Yeah. Because I, I got, I got you watched it the night after you watched, uh, whatchamacallit? The movie we did last week. May what did we do? December. May, December. Yeah. That's Because right. you I, were on the same network. To, yeah. yeah, I had to watch it quick. So I did watch them back-to-back nights. Yeah, I got questions for you on the other side then. Me? Right, well, yeah, if you went into uh, it blind. Uh, we'll you see. talk about it right now before we get on the other side? <laughs> Rez's timing is impeccable. <laughs> we'll see you on the other side. The queen killer is still out there. Everyone is scared. He's a murderer. He's a monster. He's perfect. Let's 
Hey, boss. Who are you? The name's Nimona. Your sidekick has arrived. I don't need a sidekick. Every villain needs a sidekick. I'm not a villain! The real villain is still out there, and I do need help. And then, who do you want to kill first? What? Look, I can help you, but promise me you won't freak out. Why would I trust you? Promise! I promise! Even when you see the horn? Horn! Promise! I promise, promise, I will not freak! Oh. This is the part where you run. They call me help! They call me Stacy! They call me help! They call me Jane! That's not my name! You did that on purpose. You catch on quick, boss! That's not my name! Something, 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 we win. I'm Mr. Cat, if they call me the ball. If anyone can find them, it's me. They call me help! Ambrosius really thinks I'm a murderer. That's not my name. You got betrayed by someone you trusted. Because once everyone sees you as a villain, that's not my name. That's what you are. Do you think you saw us? Yes. Why are you running around with a monster? Don't corner that. The world kicks you around sometimes. But together, we can kick it back. Mona, smart, kind, and sophisticated. That guy just beat his armor. He beat his armor. Oh, I like where this is going. Let's break stuff. Promise I'm your official sidekick forever and ever. No take backsies. Can you just be you? I don't follow. This ain't no Wolfwalkers. It ain't no Wolfwalkers. Animation was still kind of cool for this film, but yeah, I didn't love the animation. I I was hoping that's was gonna be like the main thing that was great about it, and it I it was fine, but I don't know. It wasn't like crazy cool like the Spider-Man animated yeah, Spider-Man movies. Was unmatched. Yeah, or even like a Mitchell's versus the Machines from a year or two ago. That animation was really good. Um, and even like Wolfwalkers was just different animation. Yes, and that was kind of yeah. cool. But like, and like this was very like, I mean, this was more standard. Yeah. Like closer to Pixar type of animation. But I thought it was still kind of like had that comic comic booky feel. Yeah. And like yeah. the movement felt felt a little like um like with whatever they did in the Spider Verse with the movement where there was like the number of frames that they kind of skipped or whatever for the one man that was like yeah glitchy. yeah yeah it kind of felt like this at, or that at some parts of this movie where it's like. I don't know. Felt comic booky a little bit. So, yeah. Yes. Yeah, let's say Wolfwalkers was the one that we watched. I don't know if you watched it, but it was up for like last year's animated film, um, and it was amazing. One of my favorites. I just googled it, and I'm probably gonna watch it at some point. It's yeah, so it's good. Very good. Yeah. This was no Wolfwalkers, but I mean, I could go first since we're diving into this. Yeah. I liked it still. I like. I thought this was a great movie. I mean, animated films I think are hard to be really like hard to absolutely tank. It's a very usually a very safe film to watch um and especially if it's going to be up for something like this i assumed it was going to be pretty good i enjoyed it um we can get into more of it on the other end but or as we talk about it but yeah i think it's a really nice cute story um yeah hit me in the heartstrings a little bit at the end and yeah i mean i don't know it was also kind of just like weird with the whole knights um as a job but also in a futuristic society so that was kind of i don't know all these aspects of it it was very like 
kind of standard basic story, but with a couple of unique aspects. So, yeah, I liked it a lot. Sage? Yeah, I uh, I feel, yeah, I agree that animated movies, particularly like animated movies geared towards a younger audience is a pretty safe play. High floor. High floor, yeah. low ceiling. Like for me, it's kind of like comedies where, I mean, well, comedies can be low. I hate comedies. Actually, comedies, comedies have a lower be floor. Low, yeah. Yeah, comedies have a lower floor than so it is. It's a pretty tight range. I think I liked it. I think they tried too hard in some areas, and I think probably greatly exceeded in some areas. But the balance just made it kind of good. So it's not anywhere in my tier one, you know, animated kids movies. But it's probably like solidly in the tier two, maybe bottom tier two. I don't know. There, it's we can talk about it, but. Yeah, yeah. I'm curious to hear what you thought was like where they exceeded and where they fell short. But yeah, we can go into Jacob next. Um, yeah. I mean, I I was kind of bored by it. Um, I didn't think it was anything special. I think it's pretty forgettable, but it's not necessarily bad. Um, I feel like it's they've geared this and do so many things that are so like Gen Z, like keep their attention type of deal. That when st- like when all the like they just like make it like chaotic and like almost like overly funny like overly exaggerated type of stuff and when some of the when like sometimes when that stuff is happening I just like tune out and I'm like this is just too much for my like millennial old man brain and so I think it's just aimed at a three two two three generations two generations below me two one and right. <laughs> Gen X and Gen Z is below millennial. Huh? Gen Z is one below us. Yeah. Oh, Gen, what's Gen X? That's one above Before us. Before us. Oh, okay. No, 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 no. Well, we're millennials, right? Yeah. Are you millennial, Tate? Are you all millennial? Yeah. yeah. Tate and I are like we're the very... We're on that edge or whatever. You're but on the I, edge. Okay. Yeah. It, it, it goes boomers. X. X. Is X? Yep. Okay. And the next is millennial. Is, and no, X is... Bo- there's one between boomers and... Yeah, it's X. <laughs> no. Yeah. Oh yeah. All right. Wow. I feel like we do this every back. time we talk about generations. We're like, we just <laughs> get it wrong. <laughs> I had no idea millennials went back to seventy-seven. That seems weird. Yeah, it's like ninety-five to seventy-five kind of range. Man, um, the nineties part of the millennials definitely the coolest part of the millennials. Definitely. Definitely, those eighties and like late seventies millennials. Weirdos. Weirdos. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding to anybody that's listening after that. Michael. I'm not kidding. Michael. Michael. Michael yeah. Nepsa. Michael's Michael's can join our cool club. Um, yeah, so to I don't know if you're finished, Jacob, but wait, um, that's crazy. Generation X is only ten years. It's from sixty five to seventy six. No, it's not. No, that's see, what, I see uh, on the one you, I'm well, on. If you look up different things, baby boomers are 46 to 64. Gen X is 65 to 80. Uh, millennials are Gen Y, 81 to 96. And Gen Z is 97 to 2010. It's just mm-hmm. a made up thing. People make their own dates. Mm-hmm. I guess that's true. This yeah. The one I was just looking at said it was Generation X was from 65 to 76. And millennials there, were 77 to 95. Which there's is kids I talked to who are like a year younger than me. And they act like they're 18 years old. They're so Gen Z. And there's yeah. kids that I talk to who are like 10 years younger than me. And I'm like, 
you're more like me than some mm -hmm. other people my age. Yeah. Yeah. But I, anyway, we can we can all agree that Gen they're, they're pretty generalized. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> um all right, so Sage, my first question to you about this film, if you went into it fully blind and you didn't even read the plot, because you probably didn't hear it when we said it on the last podcast, mm -hmm. um, were you thrown off at all by the shapeshifting, the, the shapeshifter, and that she was a shapeshifter? I figured something was going on. Because I forget the way that they reveal it. Like, he's in the jail cell. She kind of did a couple things where she kind of, like, appeared and reappeared, or disappeared yeah, and reappeared. Like and magic. I was like, okay, so yeah, I was like, she has some kind of magic teleportation shit. And then when she was like, get ready for me to like do my thing, I was like, oh, okay, you're going to turn into something. <laughs> so I didn't, <laughs> I didn't necessarily know that she was going to be a shapeshifter, but I was like, you're, you're going to do something. You're going to be, you're going to be crazy. And then, yeah. That, yeah. Cause I, I, I felt like if you didn't read the plot or didn't know that that was a part of this movie, it'd be very confusing. <laughs> yeah. Well, I will say part of it leads into the bigger part of it. Or like one of my bigger critiques of the movie was so I I thought like I thought blindly going into it that the monsters were a very recurring thing. I thought the monsters mm. were like like there'll be many of them. There are multiple. They had been dealing with them like day by day, generate like generationally, millennium. I didn't realize that because I then I was like, oh okay, Nimona's just a monster. Mm -hmm. and like a lower level monster like i i going in blindly i figured she was just kind of like a little guy a was, of this shapeshifter community exactly yeah i didn't realize until near the end of the movie basically until it was revealed that she was not only a monster but the monster probably the only monster mm -hmm. yeah and that's the only monster quote unquote like she wasn't necessarily a monster yeah i so i don't know if that was portrayed clearly to y'all reading the synopsis but for me i had no idea and i was like man they kind of did that that was cool the way they did that but i wish they leaned more into that like i feel like it was just kind of like a quick little oh here's a little thing she's actually the only monster and it was because a little girl didn't like her after she accidentally burned down her village and i was like that has a lot of metaphorical weight I feel like we should have gotten there really faster. Use. Yeah, gotten there faster and they pulled focus, it out more. Yeah, like Jacob, they focus way too much on the bang bang, Gen Z entertain, entertainment stuff. When there is like a golden nugget, yeah, right there that they didn't address until that one point in time in the movie. So I thought that was an underutilized part of the movie that actually knocks it back to me. That's that's why it's like a it's a criticism. But also praise, like that could have been really good. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you I'm gonna count it. So, like, because I, I, the whole movie, or I mean, for the most part, I thought that there was this whole community that she was some, she was one of many. Um, and I, I never thought that we would see many of them, but I thought that that was just the story of it all, um, something behind the wall. And uh, when it later was revealed that she was purely just the only Nimona, um, and the only of her kind, at least that we know about in the movie, um, and that she knows about. Um, that is where the movie like really hit me in the heartstrings. Like when she, like on all the scenes where she was just trying to have a friend or whatever. And like the whole fact that she didn't have a community of other shapeshifters or her, people like her, that's what the emotional side of this movie hit me hardest where I was like, holy shit. Like 
how shitty would that feel to be that alone where anything you try and communicate with or hang out with, whether she was just trying to hang out with a bird or like all the other animals. I was just like that. I was like, damn, that's sad. And so like, that's where I think this movie did a really good job on the emotional side. But as far as maybe a larger metaphorical yeah. uh, plot point, I do agree that there could have been more like a, I don't know, like a, a, a analogy for like countries they, fighting with each other. Type my, my problem is that they, they kept doing the same things over and over again. And like, yeah. they were just a little bit different, right? He gets thrown or first, like he gets knighted and then there's like, he's like running away and then running away from like this place. And then he gets thrown in jail in this place and then they escape from this place and then they go back and do something else in this place. And then they have to leave that place again. And so it just felt like it was very repetitive. And I feel like we could have cut some of that out and gotten to that emotional part earlier in the movie and even cut like 10 minutes off of it. For me, it's like they could have, they could have Easter egged it earlier saying like hinting. Yeah. But we haven't fought a monster yet. Yeah. We haven't fought a monster in a thousand years. (laughs) Yeah. And then like maybe Bannister would have been like, maybe he didn't know that. And maybe like when he's getting interrogated or whatever, they're like, you're the first danger since we've ever, ever, that we've ever had since we've never encountered monster. And he'd be like, wait, what do you mean? Like, You've been raising knights for a thousand years. Haven't you yeah. fought a monster? And like, no, we haven't fought a monster. We're just protecting against one just in case. It's like, yeah. And then he's like, okay. And then there's a vendetta behind it. Like that would have, in that would have like, the from way a writing they did standpoint, it, from a writing better. standpoint, totally missed that. Like that, that yeah. was. Well, and we're we're also saying this from an adult's perspective. I from my kid, like obviously. Kids that's probably kids aren't audience. thinking about what we're talking exactly. about. We're talking from adults' perspective. Exactly. Yeah, That's what I'm saying, though. It's like this movie was catered probably towards the more kids yes, audience. But, but I, could, in my opinion, they could have done better in that way. Yeah. Yeah. But like, here's the thing. Like it when you when you make movies like a family movie that is good for everybody. The reason that kids love like Toy Story so much or Finding Nemo is because it does have those adult themes in there. And maybe they don't to. pick up yeah. everything, but eventually they do. Mm-hmm. And like Agreed. with it not. Like with them, like it, this movie felt long. It's an hour forty one minutes. It's not that long of an experience, but it wasn't. I don't think it was paced that well. It, it it felt longer. I think yeah, because of what you're saying of like just a bunch of whatever stuff happened for an hour in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, like event happened at the very beginning. Drama, drama. You learn new characters, introduce introduction, and then there's like an hour in the middle of just back and forth kind of meaningless conversations and action plot and like i mean not meaningless there's a couple of things that were probably meaningful towards the plot but yeah i agree that not a lot and yes i think we're all in agreement that they could have done yeah a lot more i I will say i think the best um like i think the twist was really well done because early on as soon as it wasn't like but before they like even captured the steward i was like well it's obviously this like second gallon charge that set him up and I was like, this is the stupidest twist ever. I thought it was going to be then, like one of the knights, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But then that wasn't the main twist. Like the main twist of yeah. Nimona being the original monster was very good because I didn't see it coming. Yeah. And that there's purely mm-hmm. nothing outside the walls. Mm-hmm. Other and, than beautiful yeah, mountains I, and lakes. <laughs> yeah. I, I like that because like it's a, they did tease that more. And with Nimona saying like, you've never even been outside of the walls and like that type yeah. of stuff. You don't know um, what you don't know. Yeah. 
Yeah, I kind of leaning back into this being a kids movie. Like if mm-hmm. if if the setting was different, if this was intended to be a drama thriller or something, teasing it out and like flipping the thr- or the twist on your head late in the movie kind of makes sense. But the theme would have been totally different. Like if this if this whole, told it linear. Yeah, if this if this whole Nimona thing wasn't a kids movie, if it was like a drama thriller or like an action thriller and it was way more intense, it would have made more sense to like keep it keep the keep, keep it the, low key up until the keep end. Keep it low key up until the end. But yeah. with it being a kids movie, it's kind of like you can you can feed it a little bit early on. Like I mean like uh breadcrumb it. <laughs> you can breadcrumb it. An example, but at the same time, man, maybe I'm disagreeing with myself. <laughs> I don't know, like uh, one of the best kids movie plot twists I think I've ever seen was Lego movie. Mm. And so like drawing a comparison to that, I think. This is bad. Remind me of the plot twist in Lego movie. Uh, it's just the, I think you talk about the Will Ferrell thing at the end. Oh, yeah, okay. the main character yeah, is yeah, like yeah. a portrayal yeah. of the son and will the bad man, the bad guy is, is his dad. Yeah, not yeah, time okay. with him. yeah. Like, I think you get the whole with Lego movie, you get the conflict based on the events. And then you understand why the conflict exists with the plot twist. I think with this one, you don't really get the conflict like you pretty much just have like a story it's pretty 2d like a guy who gets knighted gets uh framed for a murder and then befriends a villain who ends up being a monster and then oh surprise big emotion bomb big emotion plot twist bomb yeah it's It's like there's no depth to the he learns to accept the monster and then realizes that the monster had was like the 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 big bad yeah yeah like you get you get that she like is like villain and saying battle and like all that stuff, but like you don't get why. And even though Lego movie uh did something pretty similar where like they played out events in a 2D, they created like a three-dimensional they created depth to all of the events. So then when the plot twist actually happened, you're like, oh shit. But with this one, you're like oh shit like okay mm-hmm. that makes sense but this could have made way more of an impact if they had like built it up better if they had given it depth if they had made me think about that because then it would have been like wow like that's crazy it's the childlike story that all of a sudden makes it like they turn it to make it feel like hitch like feel very real story feel like and relate it to real life because that's like lego stories just very kid friendly like characters fictional and then at the very end you're like holy fuck that is so real um yeah. I and think that's the, what this yeah. one got so close to but didn't quite tie the bow on um, the line I just, that they should have just fucking hammered into everyone's brains through this movie was the i don't know which i want more mm. someone to yeah. like put the sword yeah. to me or for me to put the sword myself or whatever that, that was that line hurt. that line when she and when she was like falling in the sword i was like fuck that why is this not it was so sad but man they could have if they had tapped into that emotion from the beginning to that point this movie would be way higher in my scoring list but they didn't yeah you're right like they got there but they got there very late and 
it was it, it was surface when it could have been mm. a fucking cut deep. Yeah. And it it like you're you're cutting deep with this stuff doesn't have to be done in a way that kids won't enjoy. Yeah. Um you want to hear a nightmarish thought I just had that I could actually see happening unfortunately? Well, yeah. A live action remake of the Lego movie. Oh. <laughs> I hate be- I hate What if they just reverse live action the whole thing? remakes? It ends with Lego people playing with like or like I don't know what if they just reverse the whole that thing? actually would be pretty funny now that I, you know yeah but that's a long payoff for that joke that's a long payoff <laughs> uh, but can you imagine like Chris Pratt trying to act like a Lego and walk like yeah, a Lego because that's what they so would pissed. do and can't you see it happening I could I'd, I'd get so pissed it's very honestly it might be it might be worth the ending <laughs> <laughs> it'd be a career ender for Chris Pratt <laughs> Um, so, well, so I think we, we, we hammered all like the really high level details with Nimona. Let's we can jump into some other stuff too. Um, I think the, we nailed that by the way, that was like think, maybe some of the most intelligent conversations we've ever had on this podcast. That felt pretty big brain. We'll let the people who, you know, listen, give us some feedback on it. But, um, other things I really liked about this movie right off the bat, um, I love the kind of uh, current cultural, uh, how we view like athletes and how we view celebrities and things like that, really high important people with like this whole night idea. Like the way that they, they had this big coliseum and like every, like it was the biggest news in the world to, for like them to announce. It kind of feels like how we treat like LeBron James and those kind of like um, stars. And so I kind of like- LeBron uh, like, James. The, the like the current culture of uh media and importance that we throw on things with like him getting knighted was like as like the main guy was he was basically like top dog um in society and it was like the coolest person ever um so anyway i like the way that they did that at the beginning um and how how they made it feel so important to be this knight um and how they've been working their whole life at it kind of reminds me of like uh, olympics or whatever yeah athletes are the only thing i can really immediately pin it to but the other thing that i liked about it was that they're actually literally just knights like they weren't like i don't know like that was the kind of the they took the old school warrior or protector mixed with a futuristic fictional society and they all had fucking sick gear and like swords like i think this could be a pretty sick like no could be a kind of cool ah, not a cool live action but just a cooler type of story i don't know i like mixing the old with the new futuristic with old school. I don't know how, if I it's, said that well at all. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it, it's almost like a steampunk type of deal where it's steampunk is a subgenre of science fiction that incorporates retro futuristic technology and aesthetics inspired by, but not limited to 19th century industrial steam powered machinery where like you're, you're taking a, um, like an old aesthetic and putting it in the future. So there's future technology mixed with this and future looks and things like that mixed with the the core of that yeah yeah Yeah, i mean i think it's awesome i love that yeah it's i mean that's almost very like star wars has a bit of that right with like the whole like jedi knight type of deal like exactly yeah yeah and i think that's why that that was a cool take on this for me Mm -hmm. it was like they're kind of a futuristic old school kingdom uh Oh, t- pretty. I assume Tate's the only one that's going to get this. The 
main thought that went through my head this entire movie as far as the compare and contrast goes is I was like, this is just some like G rated attack on Titan. Except That's there's like, I, no, I was going to bring attack no on Titan Titans. up before too. I was going to say, Jacob was, watched a little bit of it. Yeah. yeah. I watched the first season. I was going to bring oh, it up. You did? Watch like, the first season. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. I did it for this podcast. Yes, you, you did. Yes. We talked about it on the podcast multiple times. <laughs> I thought, I thought you didn't finish the first season, but no, I watched the whole first season, but I watched all of that was on Netflix. But then there was like weird other episodes that like popped up randomly that were maybe included in the first season. Or it was something weird like that. So I didn't watch those. But I actually almost brought it up earlier, too, because when you're talking about how like they miss a golden nugget of what they could have done with this whole larger big, big picture yep. attack on Titan fucking nails that. Yeah. Um, and this movie had glimpses of that and didn't, yeah. it, it went a different route. But um, like attack on Titan goes very political and geopolitical whatever mm-hmm. but this they almost went a little more, overboard like, yeah they go <laughs> in a little the intense they, they don't go, like, went too Nazi. far but yeah <laughs> but like this is uh, but the whole premise of like, like we live in the walls this is the way yeah. it is you don't we're, question we're it. afraid of everything else outside of the walls kill everything else outside the walls the difference between this nomona world and attack on titan is like there's nothing apparently there's nothing attacking which is i wish they yeah address that either like there were things regularly attacking that they were handling or recognizing yeah we've been sitting here for a thousand years protecting us ourselves from something to attack us and nothing has attacked us yeah so, like how dumb do you have to be if you're a knight if you're baluster yeah you're doing anything yeah how dumb do you have to be to be a knight to like yeah and to be like i'm gonna protect from the like for yeah. me it's like almost mili- more to your analogy of athletes complex, i would think more military yeah like yeah oh i'm gonna be an air force one and then like you fly around you're like there is literally no one living within a thousand mile radius of us yeah and like why, the, why am i here the um it the knights are like playing the role of cops right so it's like it's like if cops were like on this pedestal that's a good yeah um i i would have liked a fun twist of seeing like the rest of the world and this just takes place in like normal modern day or like not modern day, but like future, like real world. And like the rest of the real world is like, these guys are crazy. That's attack on Titan. kind of. <laughs> is it? Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah it, it gets there. But yeah, like the rest of the world is just like, yeah, that fucking society lives in the walls and just fucking, and, they are and, like, wild. They've all like came to an agreement. They're like, we're going to like keep like this hundred mile distance around and so, like, we're never going to go in there. So, just to see, like, where this whole thing goes. You basically just explained yeah, attack, attack on Titan. Titan. Yeah. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. You don't, you don't have to watch the rest. I mean, <laughs> Perfect. I got it. Yeah. I mean, they get way deeper than that. But, yeah. Yeah. Basically it. There's, like, another reason why that situation exists. But that yeah. is the situation. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. It's fucking crazy. It is crazy. But. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, Nimona is just, like, oh, we're just living in Eden. But, like. We're afraid of this one little girl that set a village on fire a thousand years ago. So we're going to raise knights for a thousand years to make yeah. sure that that monster never comes back. Yeah, so they, they, they are almost basically. Like... Well, it, it isn't a fun idea to explore of like how much, how far can fear push a society? Yeah, yeah. how far can you let fear control you uh, subjectively? Well, and fear tied with. Uh like withheld information type of thing. Like, yeah. cause that government or that, whatever the, the chancellor lady or the director lady, 
she was very corrupt and she was just like, and they were yes, clearly a fear based. I um, think everybody there knew that there had never had only been one monster attack. Like it, it's not like yeah. they were faking monster attacks or anything, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So, so yeah, you're afraid. right. It's just mostly fear based. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're so afraid of that one monster coming back and destroying everything that they needed to set up. And what's hilarious is that it's just like a, a thousand year game of telephone. It's like, well, a hundred years ago, they said this, well, a hundred years ago, they said, well, a hundred years, turns out it was just a little girl that set fire to a village made out of hay. It was because like, she was getting poked with. Yeah. But the big painting figured it as like a dragon destroying an entire city. Like it was, it was such a game of yeah. telephone mm-hmm. and it's like, I mean, that, that's how it goes. Sometimes. Yeah. That is how it do be told. But I, yeah, I think that the corrupt part of her was obviously when she lied to everyone about where she was just like, that's not me, <laughs> which was mm-hmm. such a cheap cop out that I, for some reason, didn't see coming. I know. I didn't see that coming either. I was like, oh, I, I was like, God damn it. That's so dumb. I was like, but I mean, I guess it kept the story where it needed to go. But when she was just like, I was like, oh, wow, they got her. That's going to be interesting how they, how uh, Golden Loins or whatever treats this. And which is a really funny name. Um, but yeah, when she was just like, nope, it's not me. I was like, God damn it. You're just a dumb bitch. Um, let me talk about a character that I hate. I hated the Sir Thaddeus Sherbrooke yeah. guy. The I think dude. he was so intentionally I, oh. terrible. It, and I, it, he's, I think they went too far. Like, it, yes, yeah. I'm fine. I'm fine. Like, not having any redeeming qualities about him, but like, they just made him so dumb, and it yeah. just hurt. Yeah. And again, that's the, that's the Gen Z type of stuff that I'm talking that's, about. Like, that goes into yeah. it too. Where like, I'm just like, I don't like. I I can picture like a ten year old thinking this is like the fucking funniest thing that they've ever seen. Yeah. And I'm just sitting there like, what? If I was 12 years old, this would be like my favorite movie of the year. I think Spider-Man would still be mine. Yeah, probably. But yeah, uh, that is just to show that all the characters, all of the animals, everything like in this film, the younger you are, the more you're going to love it. Yeah. And like the, I don't know. I I mean, I I don't really laugh at anything. The people Other that are creating, Ramona. yeah, maybe a couple times. Yeah, the people that are like creating content for Gen Z and the content that Gen Z craves is like just everything cranked up to eleven. And I'm like, oh, but there's like, you, if everything's cranked up to eleven, nothing's cranked up to eleven. You know, they need some Seventh Samurai in their life. Yeah, like that's a movie cranked down to five. <laughs> they need some it, True Detective in their it life. It coasts. It coasts at five, and it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they need some good true detective, not the season four bullshit. Yeah, yeah. But yeah I will say I, one thing that one little thing about like the whole kids thing that I didn't really dig was how all of her shape shifted animals were just like a flat pink. Mm-hmm. Like it's very maybe tiki taka of me, but I thought they could have been more creative with that. I think that was kind of lame, and particularly because oh, when she becomes a human. She's just a redhead, but everything about her actually reflects like the human species. But like every other animal, animal, she's just a flat pink. I was like, that's just kind of dumb. Like you're think, going into all this, you could be a little more creative than that. But then when she transforms into a human, they're that human's color. Yeah, that's just I. So like, I'm I'm glad that they did pink over the normal colors of the animal. Like if she was a hippo and she was like a gray hippo, I'd have been like dumb. But she but, could have been like. But she could have been like a yellow and pink, or whatever. I don't know. Like, she could have been crazy. 
it could yeah it could have been like a multicolored like it could have just it could have yeah. been a different hippo it didn't need to just be like this like green screen pink screen like hippo like that yeah, was kind of I'm gonna flag that's ticky tacky, but it's fine. I'm not. That's yeah. I thought that was pretty lame. Yeah, that's all right. Um, they played the breaking the law song. Yeah, when they were breaking out. No, when they were when he was checking out like the car when he was like hiding in the car. Yeah, the oh. car salesman came over and like like look look at the hell out this radio is breaking the law breaking the law breaking the law. Yeah, there were some funny moments. Like I liked. There was some when good music. Turned into the possessed boy and was yeah, that, little... that was that was funny. That made <laughs> yeah. me laugh. Like I laughed mostly when like he was in the trunk and he was like, "I'm not going to talk." And she's like, "One second. And then you just hear the shapeshift sound, and you're like, "I know exactly what's coming." And then it yeah. was just like the little face over the yeah, the little possessed, ter- terrifying boy was funny. There's and then there's like just the little one-liners that were very kids animated. Um, where she was just like, and we'll kill him. Like some of those ones I chuckled at. But Nomoto, I like Nomoto. Nomoto's a cute character, cute, feisty. And uh, I like I, I was very like whatever on her for the first half of the movie. And at the very end, everything sunk in. And I loved Nomoto. Um, but yeah, I think Ballister was kind of average. I mean, I had nothing yeah. to Ballister. Yeah. For sure average. I mean, he was just so malleable to anything anybody said. And it was like, come on, man. Make up a fucking your mind and have an opinion. You're supposed to be a knight. Yeah, he was just brainwashed and couldn't make up his own decision. Mm-hmm. He was bad. But, um, oh, this is the other thing I was just going to say about the Star movie, is that it did shock me when his uh, sword went off and murdered her. I was like, whoa, mm, that was quick. Yeah. Yeah. I will. Yeah, that did surprise me too. That was right off the bat. And yeah, the way oh, perfect. I did like because they kind of—I don't think they fully hinted at or fully got here, but they got there just enough to piece put the pieces together. Um, so you know, like the steward or, or not the, the what was it, squire um, when he was going to find him, and the squire was just like, "Yeah, I had this video. I was trying to show you right before you were about to go out there that she mm-hmm. switched the swords." Like, that was really well done because right before, like, at the very beginning of the movie, he walks up to Ballister and he has his phone out. And he's like, hey, uh, Ballister, hey, uh, hey, uh. And I thought he was just going to ask for like, a selfie or something. Yeah. Um, and so my Gen Z brain kicked in, or my millennial or Gen Z brain kicked in there. Where I was like, oh, he's just asking for a selfie with the celebrity. Um, and then later it term- comes up that, because, like, that would have, if they would have said, like, hey, I had this video that I just never showed anybody, I would have been like, that's dumb. Mm-hmm. But at least they did have the little breadcrumb at the beginning. To... So that was a good little connection. Yeah. 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 I there Again, I think if they did in a drama aspect, like it would have been those little Easter eggs would have made sense, but they were too fine for a kid's movie. Like, yeah, I would say they should make an adult version of this. That's more in depth. But then again, that's attack on Titan. So, yeah, I'm, there's good. No I'm all good. Yeah, I'm all good. Yeah, it's just it's 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 fine a, that they have a kid's version of that being a dead horse or whatever the saying is. Yeah. yeah. All right. We good for scores. Yeah. For shizzle. All righty. From the aggregators, a 7.5 out of 10 on IMDb, 94% on Rotten Tomatoes, 75 out of 100 on Metacritic and a 4.0 on Letterboxd. 
Um, I gave it a rating last night and it's not going to change. I'm going to give it a 70. Um, there's enough good that it's fine. Um, but it's forgettable. <laughs> I think I'll give it an 80. I think it's redeeming qualities are enough to make it like good. I could see myself watching this uh, like 10 years from now. If someone's like, Oh, there's a cute movie, Nimona. You, you ever consider watching it? And I'd be like, I've already seen it, but I'll watch it again. Then I'd be like, yeah, okay, I'll watch it again. But I have no interest in watching this again. And not because it wasn't, or not because it was bad. It's just like, Jacob's probably hard with saying it's forgettable, but it kind of is just like, it didn't make a big enough impact to make me think about it. I, I forgot I even watched it two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Exhibit A. So there you go. It's an 80. Yeah, I'm pretty torn. Doesn't happen often, but I'm pretty torn between mm. 80 and an 85. <laughs> you know, you could uh, give it an 82 or an 83. I, 81, I 84. This movie, uh-huh. I think, was in the 75 to 80 range up until it hit me in the heartstrings about her when she was trying to bond with literally anybody. And then you kind of see the beautiful innocence of a child that is willing to be her friend because the child just doesn't know any better and like is like, doesn't see anything wrong with her being a shapeshifter. Um, like that was all so like that hit so hard where I was like, holy fuck, that's gorgeous. And like, that's beautiful storytelling without any words happening, just purely visuals. Um, and just completely gives context for Nimona and how angry she is at the world. And just how, and like that compared to just the other side of just human nature of treating, like treating people that are different or whatever you want to call this. Um, like that last 20 minutes of this book or movie is really what cranked it up a notch for me. So I got to go 85. I'm going to do that. It did just enough to get to 85. I think it's fair. I do think that ending, it's a shame that it is associated with the rest of the movie, honestly, because I think there's so much room for improvement for this movie. Oh, uh, so definitely going to be a Nimona too. Hmm. There is. Well, probably at the very end, he's chilling at the the base, and you hear her go, "Hey, boss." No. I think that was just to like make the kiddos feel good that Nimona isn't dead. No, I don't know. It, I I think this movie did well enough that they're gonna greenlight another, and they left it open, to maybe. It's a possibility. Imagine it, Nimona too. They go out into the world. They find more shapeshifters. Boom! I'm already calling it right now. They're gonna do it. Actually, that's a good. They're gonna find more oh, well. like her, and she's gonna be feel at home. Yeah, and that gonna movie's find, gonna be a fifty out of a hundred. They're gonna find titans that they have to fight. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> they it's just the leave, and they just see a wall of titans, and they're like, "What the fuck is that?" <laughs> it's a rated R movie. This goes oh from kid childlike to just absolute gruesome, yeah. disturbing to just zombie apocalypse, <laughs> blood. No, I could, I'm putting, yeah, I'd definitely, if I had like five to one odds right now, I would hammer that they're making a second movie. Seems legit. Yeah. Um, all right. That is an average score of 78.33. So a 78. Sage, what's next? You told me to pick it. <laughs> <laughs> what was the movie? It's called The Holdovers. <laughs> the Holdovers. <laughs> 
<laughs> it is, of course, from last year. It's a Best Picture nom. It's got it was nominated for five Oscars. This is the one. This is the biggest Oscar movie that we're doing um, so far. We'll see what we do in a couple weeks here. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's streaming on Peacock, which is the big thing. I'm trying to pull up the Oscars that it was nominated for right now. I know it was Best Picture, Paul Giamatti, Best Actor, Best uh, Original Screenplay. Let's see. There we go. Best Picture, Best Performance by an Actor in a Leading Role for Paul Giamatti, Best Performance by an Actress in a Supporting Role, Devine Joy Randolph, Best Original Screenplay, David Hemmingson, and Best Achievement in Film Editing, Kevin Tent. Wow, that's uh, a pretty big one. What? What was the movie's name again? The Holdovers. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it is just over two hours, two hours, 13 minutes. Um, a cranky history teacher at a remote prep school is forced to remain on campus over the holidays with a troubled student who has no place to go and a grieving cook. Cool. Yeah. Paul Giamatti, Devine Joy Randolph, Dominic Sessa, your main three. Um, I've heard great things, so I'm pretty pumped for this one. Have I mentioned that I'm so excited for it to not be Oscar season anymore? <laughs> No, but you did mention last week that you're very happy that um, you're not included in our Oscar coverage. That's the best thing to ever happen to me in regards. <laughs> you get a week off. Um, this is my number one movie of the year so far of 2023. Wow, I forgot you've seen it. Yep. Yep. I'm very excited to watch it again. I am. I am. Same All right. Green eggs and ham. <laughs> He's getting weird again. Yeah. He's getting weird. We better end it. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> All right. If you would like to uh, reach out to us, get in contact with us, you can shoot us an email at gd4ampodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at gd4gd underscore movies, Instagram gd4gd.movies. Leave us a five-star rating and or review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, any of the podcatchers that take ratings and or reviews. And if not, then I'm going to send, send a demon little boy after you. I'll shapeshift and be your best friend for your entire life and then say, just kidding, I'm not your friend of a shapeshifter. I think I'm there for an eternity. Diabolical. I'm going to blow up your phone like the Squire's phone got blown up. That was bad. (laughs) Jen's ears would be demolished by that. It's true. true. No more TikToking for you. Good. That's a good thing. All right, we'll catch you next week at the movies. people around but
I may have gone too far in a few places. Hey, everybody, we're all going to get late. Yeah!